This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website at wittenradio.com. Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of Redefining the Counterculture right here on Witten Radio. Today we're joined by special guest Geraldine Singer. Geraldine, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm super excited to talk with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, likewise, likewise. So um, this has been, um, 2020 was an extremely tumultuous year for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I'm sure that um, it, I mean, I don't know uh, how it was for you, but it was tumultuous for a lot of people. And well, well, we've been, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it, it, I have no way to really describe it. How can any of us describe it? But um, I'm very blessed in that, um, you know, I've been um, socially distancing since March uh, with my husband uh, in New York. And um, we we love hanging out. We have a good time together. We make each other laugh. And we're, we're safe and we're secure. So... You know, for us, it, we have not, um, you know, we've not suffered from the, from the the worst of this. But I have lost, you know, people that I know and friends, and that's that's hard. But you know, that's, everybody's everybody's kind of doing the same thing. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, you know, it was a year unlike any other. Um, what would you say was the one thing that you learned or took away from um, last year and just uh, navigating the whole, tum- you know, because it was such a tumultuous year. What was the one thing that you took away uh, from last year? Well, um, uh, you know, I, I have reached a certain age in, in my life. So um, there are a lot of things that I, I've already come to terms with. You know, um, but uh, one of the things that I, I found was that I always used to say, I I love doing nothing. You know, people who say, oh, I have to be doing something. You know, I have to be active. I have to, and I, I would always say, um, mm, my idea of a uh, good time is like lying on the sofa and having somebody bring me a dish of ice cream. That's <laughs> but but the truth is that when I was actually faced with nothing to do, nothing that we could do, in other words, we we, we couldn't go out, we couldn't see friends, we couldn't have people over for dinner, we couldn't, you know, go to the movies, we couldn't, you know, there was just so much, um, you know, we couldn't even go grocery, in the beginning we couldn't even go grocery shopping, and when there was actually no 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 nothing to avoid in other words no activity to avoid i did start going a little a little stir crazy so i started painting and um which i you know i've been thinking about doing for a while and um you know the constraints of space and time and all that sort of stuff and suddenly i had the time and um so I started doing that, and it's been a great um, journey and very enjoyable and a creative outlet. And um, so there's that. And then the fact that, you know, feeling two sides of the same coin. Again, I repeat, so blessed that um, my husband and I are together and safe and taking care of each other. And then the great sadness for uh, this journey that we've been on and that everyone has been on and not seeing, you know, there's there's no end in sight yet. We don't know the end yet, you know. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's uh, um, illuminating at <laughs> all, but yeah. I hear you. Uh, no, I, yeah. you're right. I mean, just enjoying those those um, simple things, and just you know, enjoying the company of you know your yeah. loved ones. I mean, yeah. All of those things are yeah. amazing. And that, and that when push comes to shove, we can we can keep ourselves entertained. I did I did discover something else about myself. I had been saying for 
um, a couple of years because, um, uh, you know, it was a long journey for me to get to the place where I am now in, in my career, which for the last couple of years has been wonderful. And it's like the third act, you know, because my first years were a lot of struggle in New York. And then I was in L.A. and I had to leave L.A. Um, to take care of my mom. And I thought acting was over. And then the third act comes around and it's been great. And by that time, you know, I thought, well, you know, I've been on this long path and this is this is great. It's wonderful to keep working, but I understand, you know, in this grand scheme of things where this falls in. If I work, it's great, and if I don't work, that's great, too. Well, I found out when everything shut down that I had been lying to myself. <laughs> and the idea of never working again was making me a little nuts. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I discovered that I'm a whole lot more ambitious than I thought I was. So, uh, you know, self-revelation is always a can be wonderful and can sting a little bit too, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. What was it that originally drew you to the um, the craft um, of of acting? Because I I know that it it is such a such a tough journey for a lot of people. It's uh, filled with a lot of struggles. What was it that that drew you to it? Well, I I kind of think. Um, for a lot of us, a lot of I would think a lot of actors say the same thing. There's there's a kind of a compulsion to to do it. If if you didn't feel a, a compelled, a kind of addiction, a kind of and it is it's an you know the emotional high is that you just it it's a drug and you just keep trying to seek it and you don't always get that high but you keep trying to seek it and um, you know for me as a I, I was an only child and. Um, kind of isolated in my youth and, and a little socially awkward and very shy um, with other people, not in my family, because, you know, my, my mom, my grandma thought the sun rose and set on me and that was fine. But out out in the world, I was a little, I was a little shy. And um, if you get an opportunity, when you get that opportunity to be somehow in the, in the spotlight, when you do something um, that suddenly people acknowledge you in a very positive way. It's like, oh, oh gosh, look, you know, uh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, for me, I think, you know, I, I, I did one little play when I was 13 with a community theater and there I was center stage and, and uh, the main characters talking to me and <laughs> telling me the story, and you feel um, like you know you get you get acknowledgement and you get um, uh, appreciation, and that that's very that's very seductive. Um, and I, you know, you you tell yourself, we all tell ourselves, well, gosh, I think I'm good at this, uh, although I. Think I've gotten a whole lot better as the years have gone by. <laughs> I look back and say, "Gee, I wonder if I could see that performance again. If I'd still feel the same way about it." Um, which is the great thing about film, of course, you can't see it. If you do it on stage, it's gone. It's it's ephemeral. It's 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 lost. So, anyway. absolutely. Would you say that that um, that that particular play when you were thirteen? Would you say that that was your moment of uh, realization that? you wanted to act for the rest of your life? For the rest of my life? Hmm. Gee. Hmm. I, I don't know. I think that was an evolving thing. I, I do. Because the more I did it, the more I felt that I was good at it and and people acknowledged that. And so you then start. And then, and then um, you know, developed a, a great friendships with people who, as a, as a teenager, who were, also interested in acting, you know, the drama club boys, all the girls from St. Joseph's Drama Club dated all the boys from Corgazu's Drama Club, and you know, we we just became like this little, you know, we were we were um, just we were all feeding each other's passion for it, and um, yeah, at some point, um, you know, I think there was one. Uh, 
somewhere along the line, I think it was right after high school, right before college, there was this group of us that got together and formed our own theater club. Pretty ambitious kids, you know, for 17, 18-year-olds. And we did um, Our Town, and I played Emily. And I re- and my 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 dad always thought that you know my, both my dad and my mom were kept waiting for you know this fun this is what she does oh look this is great and then and then she's gonna get over this silliness you know and um, my mom said on the drive home that he said gee she's really good maybe maybe she maybe she could be good at this maybe she could do this and that was like. Oh my God! What that that he said that was like, um, you know, I think at that point it was a, a kind of a validation that um, yeah okay, and then I went on to do you know get a degree in, in theater and and then to struggle for many years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so um, yeah, it's. The thing I would like to say, though, if there are any other young people who are listening who want to do this, is that first of all, do it if you if you can't bring yourself to do something else. You know, if this is the thing you absolutely have to do, but know that the the road is long. Um, that it, it the thing that you're seeking um, or the success that you want. It may take a while. It, it doesn't come. It doesn't come on your time schedule. You know. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have worked um, more probably in the past five years than I I have in the previous twenty. So, you know, that's um, yeah. So that's what I'm saying about this third act. You know, being in this third act is is uh, is um, yeah. It's very it's very gratifying to, to to have this at this at this stage of my life. Absolutely. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I wanted to ask you, I know that like some of your roles you've had a lot of diverse roles and um you know each one of your films is, you know, unique. I wanted to ask you um is how do you decide on which films you want to do? Because uh, I know. Okay, I'm, I'm chuckling. I'm chuckling. I'm chuckling because I actually have been asked this question before. Do you understand that I am in a, a, a situation where I don't get to choose anything? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, that is not me. People are not offering me stuff and me saying no. Uh, <laughs> here's the deal. My agent says, so, you know, we submitted you for this role and they submit me. Let me just tell you, God bless them. I want to give a shout out to People Store in Atlanta, Tom Milam and uh, all the folks uh, there who have supported me, you know, since uh, I've been with them almost uh, seven years now. And um, they probably submit me for anything that's over 55 and mm. I don't get all those auditions and, and a lot of those auditions that I get, I'm really not right for. And then the ones that I'm not, that I am right for, I still might only get 20% of those. But the deal is I, I just pray that I get an audition. If I get an audition, it means I have a chance to get a job. There has only been um, one time I think that, I turned down a job it just because I couldn't um I, I had just I had just traveled back to New York and it meant traveling back immediately somewhere else for a for a very for like a one line role when I told my agent that I you know, that I was gonna decline it. That's the level of my turning down jobs. <laughs> and there's a little bit there's a little bit of um, let's see. I'm going to say something a little shocking here. We're all we're all kind of a little bit of the whores, the actors. You know, is like, oh, you're going to give me a job. You're going to pay me some money. Okay, I'll take that job. Yeah, there's no choice in the matter. It, it it's totally rent. It comes to me or it doesn't come to me. And like I said, some of the things 
that uh, and some of the times I lose out on a role because it, you know you know I'm just not right for it. You know you know that they want you know a sort of gray-haired cherubic granny, and that that's really kind of not what I do. You know, or they want a very sort of elderly high society doyen, and that, that's really also kind of not in my real house. But um, other times I've lost out because it's gone to an actress with a bigger name, you know, and I say, okay, well, I don't feel bad about losing that. I know that it, I will, I will mention two names here. Um, who, people who have, uh, I have lost roles to, and that is Ann Dowd, <laughs> who's amazing, and uh, Margot Martindale. I have auditioned for roles that eventually that they got, and I go, well, okay then. <laughs> you know? Wow. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, that that was a very long answer to to your question, but no, there's no choosing involved. <laughs> okay, okay. I just either get lucky enough to get the audition, or 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 not. That's it. I hear you. Um, <laughs> would you say that there's? Uh, do you have like a? Um, certain uh, like routine or or ritual for helping you um, get into character for the for the roles that you play. Um, mm. how, how do you, I guess, prepare for the for each role? Well, it's, uh, interesting. You know, I think um, a lot of what I do is um, I think is kind of second nature. But it all goes back to your basic training of uh, asking yourself, this, you know, the questions, you know, where did this person come from? What's their personal history? Um, uh, uh, what, is, what do they want in this moment? What's, you know, what's, what's happened to them right before you begin this, you know, the scene? Or, you know, th- those are all, you know, all the, the standard, very basic acting school kind of, things that you know they they teach us to do and a lot of that i mean i've just been doing this so long a lot of that i i, I make those decisions when i'm auditioning i make those decisions uh, pretty quickly um uh to prepare you know if it's an emotional scene you have to do that kind of preparation work but most of the time the question that I'm asking, I guess, all the time is how am I like this character? How is this character like me? Um, I think you can, don't think you can totally reinvent yourself into something that you're not to fit the character, if, if you know what I mean. It has to be something. So you have to find that 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 thing in yourself with res- that resonates with that. And then, uh, uh, I hate to use all this actor talk again, but then you just live the given circumstances. And um, it's, um, you know, and there you are. You're on a set. You're, you're talking to somebody that you, have a, that you have a relationship. They're talking to you like, you know, it, it becomes very real. It becomes very tangible. You're, you know, you're physically in a place with people that you need stuff from and you just um and then you just have to have, kind of have the, the um whatever the face that in in the moment to to just kind of let it go and go with it um absolutely yeah so um that sounds all very highfalutin to me but anyway <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just sometimes I just put on an accent. <laughs> sometimes I just start talking like I'm from someplace else. <laughs> like Alabama in Army One. <laughs> yeah. I was actually just about to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's talk about the movie because I think I think the the folks who made the movie would love it if I would if I would give it a little bit of a you know if we spent a little time talking about it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I definitely concur. Um, <laughs> Army One was an amazing film. Tell me a little bit about um, just what it was like for you with just the filming process and 
preparing for the role. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I um, here's okay. I'm going to make a short story long. First of all, um, I submitted myself for this role. My agent did not submit me, and one of the reasons is because up until this point, and I had done some very nice TV work some larger guest stars. Uh, I don't think I had done a recurring role yet when I had done this, uh, done on the one. Um, but anyway, um, but in movies, the roles were smaller, whatever, and I, I wanted to be in something where I was part of the, the main storyline, and the way to do that was to do a, uh, was to start, was to look for, um, you know, smaller budget features where they didn't have the budget to, to hire a bigger name. So, um, you know, I saw this, I saw this on the Actors Access website. Uh, anybody out there who's in the business knows what Actors Access is. It lists, um, lists some roles that are available. So, um, yeah, so, so part of this was like, uh, okay, you get the call and it says, okay, you're going to Alabama for a week. You know, we we were in New York. Um, I'm from the South. I'm from New Orleans. It's fine. But, you know, and, and I had to schlep down there and go into a situation. You don't, you know, it could be great. It could yeah. be a wonderful experience. It could also be very, very challenging, very difficult, depending on who you're working with and the circumstances. Um, this ended up being just a wonderful experience. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and I, I I really had a sort of big investment in doing this because this is a, for me probably the largest role on paper that I had that I had done. Um, and approaching the role, it's a, you know one of the things that um, I, I felt about the character of Mama was that um, did not want her to be two-dimensional villain. This is a woman with um, who herself has had great hardship and great pain in her life, which has led her to where she is. And she's made the choices she's made, sometimes because they were the only choices she could make. And um, uh, again, I, I had to find where we intersected, you know, where the character and I had some had some resonance. We had some resonance with that. And then I just tried to keep it actually really simple. Um, um, she, she, what she's doing is really very basic. It's survival. And... Um, and she's smart, and and I love the fact that it's you know that it's these two women, these two very smart, very capable women who are who are who are uh, squared off against each other. Um, I spent about I'm trying to remember if it was a whole a whole week down there because um, yeah, it wasn't long shooting schedule. Oh. Um, a very short shooting schedule. You know, this is not a high-budget film. I think the film looks, when you see it, looks like looks like a high-budget movie, and it's it's I, not. I would agree. Yeah, I know it's. I guess it technically technically counts as an indie film, but it doesn't really feel like it. No, it's you know, it's got a. It, I want to say I wanted to say it's got a gloss to it, but it's got a. It's got a feel to it, like it's a it's a much um, higher budget project, and um, a lot of that is the, you know, God, we had we had we had Ellen first of all, who's amazing, and then second, we had Steve Dunleavy, who is like the 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 top of his game. I mean, he as as the as the stunt coordinator, bike coordinator, and then his whole coterie of. Um, of stunt people who uh, who were on the film, not all of them, but some of them, and so you had that level. So you know that part of the film is is um, is just top notch. And then the cinematography is just is just wonderful. And um, I think the editing 
everything. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm just very proud to be part of this. Um, the film's pacing was good, too. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, again, you know, uh, you you do a project and, and you, you have no idea. I did a, the same year that I did Get Out, I did another movie, and I'm not going to mention names because it, it sounds a little bit like I'm criticizing the movie, which I'm not, but it had um, big names, very, very um, uh, seasoned producers, um, a true story. I thought a very fun and interesting script. I had a small role in it, uh, and I thought it was going to be a major hit. And if you would ask me if that movie or Get Out was going to be like the runaway, you know, hit of the year, I would have said that other movie. <laughs> um, I, I get a residual check for a dollar fifty cents every now. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't. It just it, it, either it didn't. In some ways, the movie itself just didn't click, or that or people just didn't didn't respond to it. See, you never know, you know, because when we walk away from it, I, I, I don't have any control. I don't even have any control over which take they use in a in a in a scene, you know. So um, you're in somebody else's hands, and you just you cash the check and you go home and you cross your fingers. <laughs> that is uh, that is definitely um, takes a lot of. Um, I guess a lot of fortitude, a lot of strength. Cause I know like, I know personally speaking, like I'd, I would want to just know, like I would want like a guarantee or I would want to just know that, you know, this scene is going to come out good. And, you know. Well, that's why you, you know, norm, normally, you know, you look at like, I'm not in a position to turn things down, but I've been very, very lucky in that things that I've done have been on, uh, you know the TV work that I that I did, particularly when I was in LA. You know, I was on all of these, you know, A-list shows. So you know that there's a track record there. You know, you, you, Desperate Housewives was a runaway hit for a reason. It's because it was an excellent show. So you know, you you, you have a pretty good idea that you know you're going to look good in it. Um, uh, but when you're working with a group of people, I, you know, nobody's name that I saw on that on that audition when it listed, you know, writer, casting director, producer. I didn't I didn't know who any of those folks were. I didn't know any of their track records. So it, again, it's like a, a little bit of a leap of faith. But that's the business. I mean, that that really is the business. Um, and even the 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 most talented people in the world will get together and create a dub. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. <laughs> it's funny um, how that happens, but you know. Well, there I mean, okay, there's a um the first thing that came to my mind is a a, a, a musical that I love called Merrily We Were All Along. And I saw it way back when I first got to New York on Broadway. And it did not last. And it got trashed. And you're talking about, you know, Stephen Sondheim. And um, uh, I'm trying to think of who some of the other, like the director. But it was all like, you know, I think it was a Hal Prince Madden affiliate with it. And it, it just didn't work. And two years later, or three years, a couple of years later, I think it was redone by a company in in Washington, and they 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 changed the concept just a little bit, and it got incredible accolades. So, um, but that's all by way of saying you can have you know the top people people at the top of their game and they still just, you know, make a wrong call, make a wrong turn and the project uh, just doesn't work, you know, so. Yeah. So so you have actually seen the film. Yes. (laughs) 
So, um, yeah, I, the other thing that, you know, it's not the kind of thing that, I mean, I don't, I don't, if I have a choice of like chilling and watching something, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a revenge action thriller. Right. You know, I was I was just binge watching Bridgerton last night. Okay, that's my speed. You know, (laughs) I'm a Downton Abbey girl. Okay, so um, yeah. So for me to then to see um, to see Army of One and just go, wow, this is. This is really a great. This is a really great little movie here. This is this is a whole lot. Of fun. I know. Yeah. So. Did you? Did you? Um, how did? So how did you get into the mind? Like, how did you prepare yourself for that? Because you're right. It is. I mean, I think it's probably one of the most unique roles that you've ever have ever taken on. Well, it's very, no, it's very very different from anything that I've done that I've done yes. before. Very different. And um, like I said, my 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 goal with this was um was to was to keep it simple and to just try to and, and by just dealing with the circumstance which is really life or death for her i mean it's survival that in of itself uh just adds gravitas to the it adds weight to what she does and how she and how she does it and then she she herself is she's suffering loss after loss, you know. Yeah. So, um, and to to just keep that, just to, um, just kind of to to live with that, or you know, to feel that uh, how important all of that is, the weight of all of that, and then to just do it as simply as possible. That's. Um, you know, I can't descri- I really can't describe it any other way than that. Um, and and that's and that's what I um I, I don't always love watching myself. Um, but every now and then, um, you know, when you hit a sweet spot with something and it just seems um I don't know if I want to say it seems easy, but it seems like you're not really making any great effort to to just hit the right notes, and that's a little bit of the way that I felt with with playing. Um, and I I don't know what else to more to say about that. You know, some of it's just intuition. Yeah. I and, hear. Um, yeah. I I love it. I love it. I wanted to um um uh ask you transition just for a little bit. Um mm-hmm. I know you are most people know know you uh you from Get Out, the work that you did in Get Out. Do you mm-hmm. remember um getting the the casting call for that that role? What were your thoughts when when um you figured well, out well, here's the thing. You know, first of all, we don't get the whole script anymore. Not when when uh, you know, I was cast out of Louisiana for that. And I had this was after I had moved back to, to Louisiana to to take care of my mom, and she had passed. And so it was a couple of years out. And at, at first, I used to send us the scripts, and they didn't, they didn't send scripts. But I didn't see the script until after I was cast. All I knew was. Um, uh, that um, I was being introduced to somebody, uh, and I, that I had great concern for my husband. So you're kind of auditioning in the dark, you know. Oh. I don't know. I have to, and and that that's what's sort of crazy about it sometimes, because I have to kind of come up with a a backstory and make a decision about. Um, you know her demeanor, and is she sweet, or is she, you know, snarky, or is she what, whatever? I make those decisions without knowing a whole lot. I mean, the mother said something about very sweet, you know, woman in her late fifties uh, uh, with her young with her young husband. That that might have been all that that I was given uh, mm. to audition for that. 
And um, I'm trying to remember. I think I actually went into, I know I went into the casting director's office for that. A lot of times I I send in, in just send in, you know, a, a self-tape. And I've auditioned for Liz Kulan a number of times. And Liz just, I think she said, she, she gave me a note after the first reading. She said, do it again and just do it sweeter. And I said, mm-hmm. okay. And that's it. And I got cast. Now I go off. All I know about Jordan Peele is that he does Key and Peele. And right. that's not, that's totally different, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, um, then you get the script and you read, oh, there's like some real weird stuff going on here. <laughs> what, a, what an amazing, what, what an amazing script and what an amazing concept and, and how brilliant he is. But again, I, he's never directed a major film before. Uh, I I don't know. I just show up and here's the deal. My 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 my. Whole, somebody said, "Oh, you're so you're so evil in that." I said, "No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm an elderly lady who has just who has this new husband here, who's really her old husband. He has her new husband here, and he's just been through like some major a major ordeal and I'm just being very very solicitous of his well-being because it's the first time he's been out and I'm showing him off but I'm being careful and make sure that he's okay that's all I'm doing (laughs) that's my goal as that character and because Jordan has painted this 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 big scene behind us, this picture, he has in, in, encased us in this this bigger story. Then what I'm doing takes on a different color. Um, it, it, it it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with how I change the change the performance. It has to do with the the, the tension between what I'm doing and what the audience knows is the back story is the story that we're in as they're just as they're discovering it that something weird is happening so then what i am doing seems weird you know mm-hmm. but i'm just being i'm just trying to take care of my husband that's all oh. <laughs> and just by the way let me just say that jordan peele is the nicest human being who walks the face of the earth and um uh he could not be sweeter and um when you know cuz the the scene that we're doing was a was a huge it was huge there was there it was in a garden there were people in about 10 different locations the camera is capturing things you know at different times all over the place and then when you see how all of that is put together and you go oh this you know you know he's he saw this whole thing in his in his mind and has and has just brought all of this together into that really rather incredible um uh gathering of uh people on that on that on that garden party which is mm-hmm. uh, you know in a ways it's kind of the central moment of the film mm-hmm. yeah. that uh get out ended up being like one of the most I think it was probably one of the most successful films of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Did you realize the the magnitude of that film uh, while you were uh, filming it, or did it hit no. you? No, no. That's that's what I'm saying. Is you you don't know? No, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, I thought the script was really really interesting. I don't know that I saw the full implication, the full social implications of the script. I mean, it's obvious, it's obviously there of, of not just cultural appropriation of black people, (laughs) but literally physical appropriation of black people. You know, it's, I mean, you know, I I have to say, okay, I, I get it. And the sort of the idea that, um, Young black men are are just so expendable that they can just disappear off the street and nobody notices, you know, um, uh, because there's so little value placed on their on on their their lives and their 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 contributions. So yeah, I mean, I, I, on some level I got that, but I don't think 
um, uh, I, I couldn't have had any idea that it would it t- would take off the way it did. Um, and um, and how wonderful that it did. I mean, because now Jordan Jordan has this, you know, he has this platform to um, that he can explore all of his weird fantasies, which is just wonderful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you been watching Lovecraft ca- Country? Have yes, you? And he looks like such a sweet, you know, person, but really. <laughs> <laughs> What is the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from um, your films, like films that you've you've acted in? Um, What do you want people to take away from the work that you've done? Well, honey, that 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 sort of presupposes that um, that I have a, a an agenda. And my agenda is just to try to do good work. Um, and, and um, you know, it's like I, I just um, – that it, for me, it's just did I serve the project, you know? Did I really serve the project? And if I did, then I did a good job. And, and then if every now and then – now listen, for my family, you know, for my family, what they take away is – they think I'm a great big old star. <laughs> my, my, my little my little grandniece was visiting us in New York about two years ago, and it is true. Since since um since Get Out, I do get recognized on the street. And she was walking with us down Eighth Avenue, and she got all excited. She said, "That lady was looking and pointing at you. That lady was looking and pointing at you." And she said, "She knows who you are." And I said, "She just might have been looking and pointing at me and saying, look how funny she looks.' She may not know who I am, but but to my to my grandniece, I am a big star, and that makes me feel just wonderful." So. <laughs> And if that's what I get out of it, then that's then that's just fine. And the opportunity, the opportunities that I have to continue to work, which is, as I say, this blessing that has been given to me in this, in this, in this third, in the golden years of my life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> what advice would you give to um, uh, someone listening to this interview that? Um, wants to pursue acting the way that you did, um, what is something that you would impart on them, um, maybe something that you wish you would have known? Hmm. Well, I think and it's hard because I think the business has changed so, 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 so much. And, um, you know, there is an opportunity for people to to create their own stuff now, which was not quite so easy back in the day when you know you you couldn't you couldn't make your own movie with an iPhone um but i think it's to um one is you know if you have to do it then commit to it and love the journey because the you may never reach the goal so you may you better love the journey and um um just keep learning you can keep you can keep learning all the time i've i i learn something from every audition i do and um because sometimes sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not good and i i learn from the not good ones and from the good ones and just be ready for a, a, a life of grinding poverty and rejection. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you can walk out of an audition room where you can send an audition and you can say, I did good work. I did good work. You may or may not get the role, but if you did good work, you'll continue to get the auditions. And if you get enough auditions, eventually, I think, eventually you'll work. Yeah. 
um, you can't, you're not always right for the role. You're not always going to get the role for a lot of, a lot of things that are not in your control. So don't beat yourself up about that. It's not necessarily personal rejection. I didn't know that when I was, when I was younger. Um, uh, um, but just show up and do good work and enjoy that process. That that may be all you get. Gee, that sounds encouraging, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then my next piece of advice is never take advice from anybody. <laughs> that's, that's advice number one. Never take advice from every, anybody. You know, you're the best. You're you're probably the you know let, you you're the best judge of what you want to do and need to do. Yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask, um, how can um, our listeners find out more about you and kind of keep abreast of what you're doing? Do you do social media? I actually have just uh, gotten a a Twitter page. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I am G Singer number 10 or G Singer 10, I think I am. So you can follow me on there. And then um, I don't really do um, – that's – I'm, I'm pretty much a novice at this social media stuff. I do have a, I do have a website. But, you know, you can always Google me. <laughs> I Google myself. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 then of course you know to see projects that are upcoming. I have two things that are about to that will be released this year that I did um, in t- twenty one. I did in twenty eighteen. Uh, I have a. Um, uh, Tell me your secrets, which is going to be on Amazon, which is um, uh, Harriet Warner um, and Bruna Papandrea is one of the producers. She did Big Little Lies. It's a, it's a, a kind of um, kind of like uh, let's see, um, Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone meets. Um, uh, Law and Order, or something like that. It's, it's a very strange. It's kind of it has a kind of mystical quality to it, but it's a thriller. And I have a I have a wonderful role in that. Um, and I'm working with Lily Rabe and Hamish Winkletter, and uh, directed by the amazing John Paulson. Uh, three of my episodes he directed, and he's also producer on it. Um, and then I have another a movie that's coming out in. Um, it should be out later in um, 2021, and uh, that, of course, depends on how it goes, but it's called Blue Bayou, it's, um, and it's um, written and directed by Justin Chan, and I play Alicia Vikander's mother, and that's also a, 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 a very, very nice project to work on, so I have high yeah. hopes to put, for those two. And then... Lord knows when the next things will be coming out because you know it's been been that kind of year. Um, no, you know that my, there haven't been any auditions for months and months and months. They're just starting up again, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Geraldine, I'm all out of questions, but I want to thank you for um, joining us on the show, and I wanted to just open the floor to you if there's Anything you'd like to say to our listening audience? Hmm. Well, uh, gosh, I talk so much I can't imagine what else <laughs> anybody would. <laughs> Have I not told you my whole life story yet? Uh... <laughs> Only child playing in my room alone, uh, uh, center stage. Uh... <laughs> oh boy, they're looking at me. Uh... No, I don't know, honey. I just say, you know, to, to, to everybody in this in this time, is just keep your loved ones close to you, and and in the grand scheme of things, you know, know what's important is um, is the people that you love and the people that love you, and keep them close and keep them safe. That's that's the lesson that we have to take away from from twenty twenty. You know. 
Absolutely. And all this and all this movie and TV stuff. Well, it's important because you know what? It 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 it, it brings us some some needed relief from the stress and strife. But um, you know, it's it may not it's the, the most important things in your life are the people that you love. Absolutely. I completely agree. But it's been delightful to talk to you, Walter. Likewise, um, likewise. I hope you'll edit this down so much. (laughs) 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 Make me sound a little little bit smarter than. uh... (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you did great. Oh, well, thank you, love. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. (laughs) No problem. Thank you so much. Awesome, Geraldine. Well, um, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm my gosh, and we've talked. My gosh, and we've talked for 52 minutes. That's amazing. <laughs> I just looked at the. I just looked at the clock. So um, yeah, we say, what, what am I gonna? You know, okay. So they want to talk to. What am I gonna say? Oh my gosh. What do I have to say? Well, I guess I when push comes to shove, I guess I have had something to say. So, <laughs> so there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, that's the thing. Is like, um, like with interviews, like you never know because, like, sometimes like you will have you know all these bullet points and, and questions, but then um, the person you're interviewing may just be a, like a yes and no person. And yeah. so those those mm-hmm. interviews are like they always go like ten minutes long. Oh, I can't, really... I can't imagine I can't imagine being on on the other on the other end of that. And and you know we've seen it we've seen it on talk shows and things where people just go mm-hmm and that's it. It just <laughs> but see my my very special gift is I take a, a short story and I make it much longer. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I, I hope that I, I make it easier to fill the time. So. Yeah, absolutely. You sure do. And I just want to say one more thing before we say something else. Just, just a great shout out to all the army of of one people. One of the great things about doing something like that, which is a smaller budget project, is that you know um, we all end up spending a lot of time with each other. We're not like isolated in you know twelve trailers across a big field or something like that. And a lot of times we're all hanging out in a in a you know a, a, a common room and. So I spent a lot of time uh, with um, the people on this project and I have remained um, friends with a lot of them. Just, you know, we just make sure that we stay in touch. The wonderful Nathan Bright who did our who did our special effects makeup. And I'm not going to be able to name them all, but John Schweiger, who was a cinematographer. I've stayed in touch with Kendra Corelli, who... Uh, plays Emily, who is just—I I do not know why she is not a mega star. I mean, she's she's just incandescent on screen. And um, uh, uh, Marianne Barnes and David Ditlinger, who wrote the original screenplay. Um, you know, uh, that's what happens when it's a smaller, when it's a smaller budget thing. Is that there's more of a community. It was it was really a lovely, lovely experience and. I'm I'm so pleased that I had a chance to be part of it. And thank you, Stephen Durham, and thank you, Ellen Holman, for casting me in this this Army of One. <laughs> love it. I love it. Okay. And that's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Geraldine. Okay, honey. You take care. Be you safe. Too. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye.